Welcome to the Revolution Church Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Revolution. Happy Pride. Um, confession time. Time for confessions. As you know, I've been studying a lot about new theology and about uh, radical theology and pyrotheology. And sometimes I do that with the hopes that it's going to inspire me to have a fun talk. Um, this week, I've just been crazy and had the kids and signed my house over to my ex-wife and did all that fun stuff. Um, and set my alarm clock last night early because I was like, I couldn't really get anything prepared. So I was like, I'm going to set my alarm clock for 5 a.m. And I set it for 5 p.m. and woke up at 8.30. So today is a sermon off the cuff. I kind of had an idea of what I wanted to talk about, so I'm going to kind of use that. But, um, you know, maybe I shouldn't have told you because then you would have been like, oh, I was so well prepared. Um, Oopsie daisy. So where do we start? Um, Two things that I want to kind of unpack today, and I want to see um, demystified. Trying to demystify Paul a little bit. Um, I love Paul. Well, I don't like pseudo Paul at all, (laughs) but I like Paul. But I want to unpack Paul a little bit. And uh, I think by demystifying Paul and kind of taking all the spiritual magic out of Paul, you kind of get a different person or a different look at someone who's really amazing. Um, and pushing boundaries for their time. Um, But I also want to talk about love today and just how we love people. And um, I'm going to see if I can work this whole thing out together or not. So let's just see. Um, I also think think I have a cold. Because I am exhausted. Or I just have kids, I'm not sure. Um, Or both, yeah, which is really great. I was reading um, Caputo, trying to get through this book so I can read some other books. Um, But I I, I wrote down this quote. I I mean, I wrote down. I underlined this quote I really liked a lot. And it says, um, love always requires taking a risk. Love is exposed to rejection, neglect, abuse, even for God. Which I thought was interesting. And um, But I like it that love always takes a risk. And I think I heard a really good example of this the other day. A friend of mine sat down and told me a story and said, I was walking home, and someone was walking behind me and following in my footsteps, and it was really creeping me out. So I... <laughs> I'll tell you in a minute. And so he turned around and was like, what the heck, man? What are you doing? And the guy goes, I don't know where I am. 
and uh, the guy was obviously drunk and uh, out of his mind. And my friend goes, well, and it, this feels like a parable. This is why I'm telling this story, because it just kind of reminded me of a parable. And uh, he goes, well, give me your wallet. And the guy gladly pulls out his wallet and says, here you go. And my friend's cause like, I'm either going to have to call the police to take him home, or I'm going to have to take you home. And he looks in the wallet, pulls out his ID, and realizes the guy lives a block away. So he takes the guy home. Now, already in this story has already gone further than loving, gracious Pastor Jay. Because if a drunk guy was following me and going like, creeping me out, I'd probably be like, all right, good luck on your way, you know. I would be one of the other people from the Good Samaritan who just kind of was like, walked around. <laughs> Somebody will help that person, I'm sure. And he goes, okay, well, you only live a block away. Let's go to your house. Now, takes the person to their house. Guest uses their key fob or something to get into the house. Minnie, no, sweetie. And I'm um, sorry, I'm talking to my daughter. And... Um, at that point, I would have been done again. And then he goes, well, where, where in the apartment do you live? And he knows, and so he takes him to the elevator. The guy pushes the sixth floor, and they go up together to the sixth floor. And um, then he goes, okay, where's your apartment? And he goes, I don't know, man. I don't know where I am. And he goes, okay, give me your wallet again. And he checks the ID. And sees the apartment number. They get into the apartment. Okay, now at this point, had I done this, I would have been gone. But not our saint in the story. (laughs) Our saint goes, do you have any friends? I don't want to leave you alone. I don't think you need to be by yourself right now. And um, asks for his phone and starts going through his phone. He goes, this guy goes, I have a roommate. And so he types in roommate. And some reason, this guy put his roommate under roommate, which I think is a complete miracle. Um, <laughs> who does that? Um, and he called them. And the roommate happened to be in the other room, um, ironically. But then he goes and he goes, all right, you're going to be sick. I need you to drink a lot of water. I need you to eat food. I need to get you an empty garbage can. And I'm going to put it next to your table. Or put it next to your table. Put it next to you so if you get sick, you'll be ready. And, uh, of course, he starts being sick. And he meets the other roommate and says, all right, keep an eye on your friend, blah, 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 and leaves. And so goes out of his way to help the stranger, the other, as we talked a little bit about last week, is who is the other. Um. To me, there's a huge risk in all of that. Um, But to me, it's that little glimpse of just what love is. It's taking a risk. It's caring enough about your fellow human being who you don't know, who's not your friend, who isn't invited to the party, who isn't on the list. It's showing that kind of unconditional um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? 
hospitality. You know, it's showing an unconditional type of hospitality, which I found to be very interesting. Um, And what's even better about this is, I think if you were to ask the person, like, did you do this because you had your WWJD bracelet on? Um, They would probably say, well, I I don't. And no, I didn't. Um, But it was, can I say who it was? (laughs) It was my buddy Kurt right over here who did that. And um, Kurt is an interesting person, um, very unique. And the way he sees people, um, he's always invited me to things like, hey, do you want to go to the Satanist meeting? Or do you want to go to the Buddhist temple? Or do you want to go and see these different things? And uh, if I don't have my kids, I try to go on those adventures. Um, also does a lot of rights, for, uh, fights for the rights of uh, cannabis, go, goes for cannabis in, in Minneapolis and tries to help get that legalized uh, for people medically. And uh, so they don't lose their rights when they do become medical marijuana patients. Because right now, if you do, you lose rights. Um, And I found that to be loving and graceful. Is there an idea behind that? No, but Caputo talks about, and I've been interested in this, is, is like, when do we really experience the kingdom of God is when God is dead and when God isn't in it. And I don't quite get that yet, but I'm trying to. And I kind of felt like that was one of those moments where it wasn't, I'm helping out a fellow human being because I'm going to get some heavenly reward. It's, I'm helping out a fellow human being because that's what I'm supposed to do. I'm just a human being helping out another human being. Um, I'm not looking for any concrete answers because honestly, I don't have them. But I thought that was a really encouraging story. And, uh, and I'm glad to know somebody who does that. Um, so how do I tie that into the things I wanted to talk about today? I wanted to talk a little bit about, I mean, really, we could just leave on that. And we could leave and realize that maybe we could just be good people but you know because there's a lot of reasons not to do that stuff I would you know I'm sometimes afraid of people you know I mean that guy could have turned violent or anything like that and a lot of people would say that wasn't wise and that wasn't the right thing to do but love often does come with risk and um, I was thinking about Corinthians 13 which has been ran in the ground at weddings and I've ran it into the ground because it's one of my favorite verses um but demystifying it as some sort of higher call, but just looking at it as what is Paul saying about love? And um, if, if we demystify it, because it, it, it is this, this very mystical call, this very magical thing that, that we, we, we hear at weddings and we hear shared at weddings, and it says... Um, Love is patient and love is kind. Love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. Uh, It does not insist on its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoings, 
but rejoices in truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. So, and it says it never ends. But let's unpack that a little bit because they have different words for different types of love. Uh, in, in, in Hebrew and in Greek and we Americans have like just love that we use um, but love is way more complicated than that it's more complicated than one word um, and I think here he is kind of talking about a mystical love a love that goes beyond because I think anybody who's been in a relationship knows in a relationship knows that there is impatience in love. You know that there is keeping record. There is those type of things. I mean, that's just humanity. It's just being a human being. Um, but this idea of of a love that that is patient, a love that is kind, a love that is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude, seems to be, in a way, how we love the... It may be a way of how we love the stranger. Now, why do we love the stranger this way or the other this way or maybe even our enemy this way is because we're looking to share a table to solve why are we enemies. Does that make sense? Um, Because if we're constantly calling each other names, belittling one another, scapegoating one another, we aren't going to solve problems. And I'm interested in how do we solve problems? How do we solve each other's issues? Um, If I'm constantly putting you down because of your lifestyle and who you are, there's likelihood that you're not going to want to sit down with me and have a conversation. You know, but there also might be a likelihood that you really do want to because you want to change my mind and change my ideas. But I've just seen so much of, from growing up, how the evangelical system worked that it just drew me, drew me, drove me, drove me, that's the one, drove me, it drove me away. But what I realize is that sometimes I'm like a dog returning to its vomit and I go back to those same ways, but now I just do it with a liberal mind. And so then I just drive them away. And I just ostracize them. And so we just end up at, back at the same place we were. And, uh, you know, some people don't want to have this conversation, but there's some of us who are haunted by social justice, that are haunted by equality, that are haunted by maybe a spirituality, or haunted by something that's bigger than ourselves that says, you know, I want to see this human experience that we're able to share together. That sounded like me. Um... (laughs) um, Um, and I think we'll maybe be able to unpack this a little bit more after afterwards. 
Um, but I would like to see a love like that. Now, one, for some reason, I wanted to cross-reference this with Galatians. And, um, and one, demystify it out of being a mystical verse. But it's funny, um, I asked on Instagram if I had a theme song what would it be? And, um, and um, it, one of the ones was Galatians 3. <laughs> was sent to me a singing version of Galatians 3, uh, 28. And uh, Caleb sent that <laughs> because I throw Galatians into the ground that uh, because I just love Galatians so much. But part of that is is there is no longer Jew or Greek, there is no longer slave or free, there is no longer male nor female. Now, he's saying this as an idea of in Christ, but if we try to demystify it and take out that part of it, um, Paul is still saying something quite radical for his Middle Eastern 2,000-year-ago tradition. Uh, just be, Just living within that world setting just by stripping down titles because people's self-worth were found in these ideas of well if you're a Jew or you're a Gentile if you're a slave or you're free um, if you're male or you're female your your self-worth is somehow found in, in that what you're worth to others it was a hierarchy and we still have those hierarchies pl- at play. And he was saying, there are no hierarchies in this faith. And that's what I'm trying to remind you guys of, is radicalize you enough to say, we can't play these games with each other anymore. Now, unfortunately, we, there's other verses of pseudo-Paul where he resets up the hierarchy. You know? And so people have taken our faith and said, oh, women can't preach, and these people can't do this, and you can't do that. And it's become a lot of do's and don'ts. But once again, I'm, I'm saying that's what happens when you have this really confusing book. But what do we do when we demystify this? You know, um, we, have a, we have a shared shared equality. We have a shared... We don't find our self-worth in... In genders anymore, we don't find our self worths in our identities as much as we're able to find our self worth in as fellow human beings in a life situation. Um, now that doesn't mean that we shouldn't be pride. I mean, it's, it seems to speak this on pride seems to be a weird time to say that, but it's just saying we're humans. We're going through a human experience. We're going through a life experience. We're trying to share something together. And um, trying to find radical equality, or radical oneness, um, that seems to be something that drives me. So it's 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 tough. It's tough to find that. It's tough to find that type of love. 
And so I'll take moments and peaks of when I see someone like Kurt who says, you know what, I'm going to take this drunk person home. I'm going to take the risk. I'm going to make sure they're safe. When we have the safety of the other in mind, as something that I find is something that, that, that speaks to me, that speaks to my life, that speaks to my sensibility, that speaks to my theology. Um, you know, I think like if that was Milo in his 20s, I would have been very grateful for someone who did that. You know, if that was me. And you know what, there were a few times where I probably had people who were very compassionate enough to me when I was that way. Um, be honest with you, I don't feel like I was very successful of tying those two together, and that's okay. You know what? It happens. Because I'm a human being, and I'm in a human situation where I have kids and bills and overwhelming things happening. So I'm trying, and uh, next week I'll try a little bit harder. <laughs> that's all we can do. Um, usually we do afterglow, and I guess we will do it. I'm feeling a little bit tired and overwhelmed, but, um, you know, maybe today we skip it because I'm feeling a little like I have a cold. But, you know what? We could talk to each other still and say hello and all that. And um, thanks for coming today, guys. Sorry I uh, wasn't as prepared as I should have been. No, really? Still? I don't know. This one was pretty bad. This was not a sermon. This was barely a talk. This was just reflecting. Um, but before I end, I just want to say thanks, Kurt, for giving a damn about the stranger. You know what? If that's all we got today, that's what we got. So thank you so much, and have a good week. We'd like to remind you that our ministry is supported 100% by listeners like you. To make your 100% tax-deductible donation today, please visit revolutionchurch.com slash donate. You can also learn more by clicking the donate section on the website. That was a post-Christian podcast.